0: Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about housing starts and completions and the existing home sales data, and, of course, what the Fed is doing on rates. First, here's a word from our sponsor. Since
1: 2015, Finance of America Mortgage and their skilled, award-winning mortgage advisors have helped over 450,000 customers, closing more than 134 billion in loan volume. Licensed in all 50 states plus Washington D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, Finance of America Mortgage is backed by best-in-class lending technology and a wide range of innovative mortgage products that can help turn any borrower into a customer for life. Want to join an award-winning team and elevate your business? Visit www.joinfamtoday.com forward slash housingwire to learn more. Finance of America Mortgage LLC is licensed nationwide, Equal Housing Opportunity, MLS ID number 1071, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, Equal Opportunity Employer.
0: Logan, welcome back to the podcast on such a momentous day.
2: It is great to be here, Sarah.
0: So we are recording this before the Fed comes out uh, to say what they're going to do. So tell me, let's let's talk about that first before we get to all the other things we want to talk about. What's going to happen?
2: Well, it looks like it'll be a 75 basis uh, rate hike. But I think the, the language of the Federal Reserve and its members mean more... Uh, than anything else i think people are anticipating another 75 basis rate hike after this whether it's 50 in the next or 25 after um you know they've been very firm and clear about that but i think we're we're getting to the stage where we move above that uh talking point like at what level does the fed believe it needs to turn um, because they've talked about you know needing a recession, higher unemployment rates, lower growth. Well, we've had, lower growth. Uh, you know, we've got two negative GDP quarters. The, the third quarter isn't looking good. Uh, but to me, it's always about employment. I think they can they can talk tough up until the employment level, and at what level of higher unemployment w- will they accept, or will the bond market just? You know, at that point, go lower and just say, "Hey, listen, jobs are being lost, uh, people are struggling. Get on, get on the bandwagon here." Uh, so, as of now, not the issue because the economic data firmed up. Uh, jobless claims have been falling recently. Job openings have risen. The jobs data is still firm. They're holding on to that. Uh, obviously, housing is in a, in a recession right now. Some of the other other economic data lines are getting softer, but I think that's that's the key going out in the future. Is that when do they believe it's justified to uh, cut rates? Because it looks like they're they're firm on we're just going to leave rates here after the next 150 basis points uh, after today and, and the next two Fed meetings. And then that's, I think, that's the talk for next year. Uh, What what clues do they do they give? Because it became very apparent when mortgage rates fell one and a quarter percent and the stock market was rallying that the Federal Reserve members were adamantly against that. Their job is to inflict enough economic pain to get inflation down. They're very adamant about that, even to the point of talking about maybe not even cutting rates during a recession. Now, I think a lot of that is just talk. Uh, um, but uh, we can't test that uh, junkyard dog premise until the job market uh, uh, turns because uh, housing being in a recession is not a concern of theirs. Uh, the dollar getting too strong and causing chaos around the world is not a concern of theirs. Their, their job is to, like they said, create enough pain for households and businesses uh, uh, to get inflation down.
0: I think it's interesting that you've been really clear about what does that mean. Like, it's one thing to say that, but what you've said is like that means people need to lose their jobs. That means people need to um, maybe lose their mortgage, right? I mean, in order to what does cause enough pain
2: mean? You know, the Fed, I think originally believed that if the unemployment rate will naturally rise itself because more people will come into the labor market we saw that in the last jobs report actually the unemployment rate rate went from three and a half three point seven uh percent so they're hoping it's that uh i actually i shouldn't say hoping they they really 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 want that to be the case uh now if that's if that's something that's uh, feasible, I don't, I don't believe so because I've talked about job openings getting to 10 million in this recovery very early. Uh, I don't think we have this missing labor force that people have talked about for four decades, um, or a functioning missing labor force, as I as I like to like this use the term. But um, then it becomes to pain, right? So when they when they say households need pain, businesses need pain, that's a job loss recession out of pain. That's also not something where the labor force grows and unemployment rates rise because of that so again i think a lot of this is still just i'm gonna bark like a junkyard dog until the labor market turns and then you know at that point i think the bond market turns on them and they they they'll change their tune but as of now you know uh the economic data did get firm on the labor side right now just for myself because my six recession red flags are up job openings and claims so the only two things that i'm really focusing on at this stage and both those things got positive recently. So, uh, if that's what the Federal Reserve is also watching, they're running on those two things as well. So, I think those those are the uh, key data lines to look in the future. Because I think there was a head fake. You know, jobless gains have been rising for some time and people said, here comes the ma- major layoffs. Hasn't happened at all. You know, we're, 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 we're creating a, a, you know a millions of jobs this year and that's what the Fed wants to see.
0: So you know, you and I are are we are um, this week at the New England Mortgage Bankers Association conference, and we're going to be watching the live streaming um, the Fed announcement in a room full of mortgage bankers. And so you know, for everyone in that room, for our larger industry, I mean, it's the mortgage rate story that they really care about, and it's pretty much killing business right now. So you know, do you have any? You know, we know that the Fed is expected to do to the you know raise it by seventy five. Uh, BPS for the federal funds rate. Have we already priced that in when we're over like we're we're more than six and a quarter? We're at six and a half for mortgage rates.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's looking out in the future now. You know, I mean, you can make a you can make a case that the Fed needs to be more aggressive. You know, they would want mortgage rates to go much higher. Uh, uh, you know, over seven percent uh, uh, if they believe that the Fed funds rate. Needs to be uh, uh, higher than where they perceive to be neutral, or or just slightly unaccom, uh, or not not as accommodative that they used to be. And I think that's that's the language that we want to see. I'm still hoping somebody asks them what a housing reset is, because a housing reset. I mean, when the, the when the ten year yield broke above two percent, we were already talking about it. You know what this this changes the entire landscape just because of how hot home prices have grown, but Housing's already in a recession. And again, when I talk about a housing recession, because people like to fight me on this, I say that there's four things I need to see. It's production falling, housing starts are falling, You know, even though the new report is increasing, housing permits are falling, single starts are falling. Um, home sales are falling. Okay, we've had home sales fall in the past, you know, in 2013, 14, and 18, and 19. Uh, this, that, that's not it. This is a noticeable decline with falling production. Okay, Uh, then we see uh, jobs being lost. We're seeing uh, uh, we're seeing that in the mortgage industry. We're seeing that in the real real estate industry. You know, so when you when you get um, production, sales, jobs and then incomes, right, Uh, the industry is making less, right? All four of those things to me are a recession. Now, in the general economy, that's not happening because we're still creating jobs. Right. Wage growth is still here. Right. Wage growth has accelerated uh, 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 this year. So that's that's not the U.S. economy. But in the more uh, in in the housing industry, the housing reset meant housing recession. Right. Uh, The question I have is ask them what that really means going out in the future, because the one thing that hasn't happened you know uh the fear is you know home prices are still rising even today's existing home sales report even though the growth rate is cooling as it should as it always does with with rates rising uh we're still you know uh 7.7 percent median home price growth uh so that's why i'd love somebody to pin it down so people have somewhat of an idea because you know for me i created it. i said inventory getting back to 1.52 to 1.93 million the savagely housing uh, healthy housing market ends. So I'd like them to give like what, what they think. Uh, the areas of the United States of America, Boise, Phoenix, all these places that are 2019 inventories, I'm excited about those areas because that's balance, that's choices, that's what you want. So I understand the Federal Reserve might have that kind of mindset, but if they don't give numbers or what they believe a housing reset looks like, it confuses people. Uh, um, so that's why I'm hoping somebody asks them the question today in the Q and A.
0: If you're trying to run a business based on mortgage rates, which you know we have lots of, not just uh, loan officers, but you know this affects realtors and title people. It, it affects uh, appraisers and AMCs. If you're trying to run a, a business off of more, you know, knowing what mortgage rates are, and you know, the more specific the Fed could be on what a housing reset looks like, the the more helpful it would be.
2: It can, but I, I also when 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 Chairman Powell said housing reset, his face looked demoralized. You know, he looked like he looked like a beaten man, and you know, he they understand how important housing is in general to the economy, but it's also a very very difficult situation, right? It's not like total inventory is is shooting up. Right. Uh, in the new home sales market, you have monthly supply up, but they're still producing those homes and housing completions fell again. It's not, you know, so the, the whole savagely unhealthy housing market theme that I talked about in February that we've we we moved this along all year long was that total inventory levels are still low. <laughs> home prices have already accelerated beyond anything normal. You can't just take that back with a a snap of a finger, right? Uh, It takes time. And I think that's the thing, is that how long do they want to stay aggressive? How much pain do they want the American public to feel? How much pain will the American public put up with? You know, so as of right now, still the employment level, you know, as long as jobs are being created, they feel they can do this. It's when you have a job loss recession that changes the narrative uh so uh again jobless claims job openings that's for for me that that could move the fed right there and, and as of now those those data lines are still uh, running very solid and that's what the fed is going with they are a single mandate fed they're no longer a dual mandate fed because the labor market to them is is healthy because job openings are high and uh, uh, jobless claims are low
0: Wow. Well, you have referenced both the um, existing uh, housing starts and completions and existing home sales data, all of which came out this week. So, let's talk about that. Let's talk with housing starts and housing completions.
2: So, here's, here's the thing. The ho- housing starts, uh, it was positive. The internals are terrible, right? Uh, and uh, uh, housing, one of the things I've tried to tell people over the years, the month to month data line on these reports are so wild that you have to take the trend, right? So what do we know for sure? Multifamily construction has been good this year, right? Because rent demand is good. Single-family starts are over with, right? So you had a slight uptick. Uh, and because the revisions were negative, so that that's 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 nothing. The year-over-year declines are, are are more obvious now. Housing permits are falling. Uh, but then on top of all that, housing completions fell. Right, so it's you know one of the things I you know said once monthly supply gets above six and a half uh, months, and all, all these homes are still under construction or not in construction. Boy, don't look for the builders to really just start. You know, pushing this along, right? And uh, they've got to be mindful of the supply. There's parts of the U.S. that could, they could sell the products very easily, but the builders do not want unoccupied supply over three months. Uh, or you know, they they want to they they'll discount, they'll do whatever they need to do, but uh, they're taking a long time. And with the housing completion data, and, and I think in that article, I I I, I reference a, a key data line back in the peak of 2005, we had about 2.24 million housing completions today we're at 1.342 these are two different marketplaces you know new home sales back then was 1.4 million at the peak today 511
0: 000, it's so right? low. so we
2: have different dynamics yeah it, we have different dynamics now because they're already low that's why i say the most awkward housing conversation this year is purchase application data are below 2008 levels so we never had a credit boom to a credit bust to where people think supply is coming. You know, a lot of people last year in 2021 said housing's in a bubble. When sales start to fall, we're going to see massive supply. New listings are declining since uh, June. The total inventory data in the today's existing home sales part fell, right? You're running 2002 to 2011 sales to inventory models. They're not working. They haven't worked for seven to eight years, and they're just blowing up in people's faces now because they believe as sales fall, Americans will just rush to the market, right? The whole professional grift was massive selling. Everybody runs, lists their homes and discounts their price. This is the silver tsunami premise. This was a forbearance crash, bro. It's the same people, right? Same exact people for like 10 or 15 years, right? So different conversation, right? Inventory fell. We're not even in October yet where it usually does. New listings have fallen. This is problematic. We don't have a functioning fluid system. The parts of the country that have 2019 inventory levels, A+, functioning marketplace, that's where you see the price growth falling. That's where you see the cutting of prices uh, because those people that have to sell have to adjust. But of course, again, now we're dealing with people going, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to sell into this market, and again, that's the frustration of this housing market uh, that uh, we've seen for many, many years. It just has gone into steroids during COVID, uh, and we're not we're not even going to breach the low level of 2019 inventory in a year that's had big sales declines uh, and having people pull their homes. Uh, off the market, and and that's always the biggest fear. I've always said the biggest fear for me is housing being stuck. Right? If inventory breaks, and then people just love their homes, they're done well, and then you know, I'm uh, not uh, moving. And then, unfortunately, now we have to talk about the reality: Do we have a mortgage rate lockdown? Is it, is it is it is it is it something that is going to be the story in 2023? We'll have to wait then. But not good. None of this is good. Right. It's just none of this is a functioning marketplace. And and we've already paid the price, you know, in 2020 and 2021 and in 2022 of not having enough product to have an effectively uh, pricing market system. Uh, and we see it this year. You know, it, things are cooling down price wise, but it's nothing like it should be because the days on market are still low uh, historically.
0: So let's talk about um Completions data because you know you you reference the fact that so few houses are complete, right? It looks like a big number, it's over 10 months. Um, but how many of those are still in construction, and how much of that lag there in completions is because of supply chains versus the builders saying, No, we're not gonna, we're just gonna slow things down.
2: So, the last new home sales report had 10.9 months of monthly supply. I think 9.84 months of that is either under construction or not not started yet. I think off the top of my head, it's about 2.54 months that are, haven't even started yet. The builders know what they're doing. They're going to finish the homes that they have, you know, you know, visibility. And the ones they don't, that ha- they haven't started yet, they're just going to take their time, right? And they're going to manage their pricing. They have profit margins to work off of. They have incentives. They can do things. Uh, more effectively and efficiently than existing home sale uh, uh, seller. An existing home seller d- doesn't, you know, th- th- it's their choice 100% if they want to sell at what price, you know, the builders have to sell, they don't want homes laying in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's saying, Hey, Hey, we want a deal, we want to deal. So the, they, they, they're very, they're much more efficient than existing home sellers. Uh, so they're going to take their time. And again, uh, we haven't seen that ramp up the supply chains have gotten better. Uh, but uh, if you look at the housing completion date, it's one of the saddest charts I've ever seen in my life. It's gone nowhere for years and it's just not, uh, um, it's just not getting to the the places we want.
0: You know, you started, um, you've talked for a couple of years now that, you know, the last time that this really happened to the builders was 2018. Um, well, I, I guess 2013 and 14 and then 2018 and 19 and how they learned their lesson when, when rates rose, this is their playbook.
2: Yeah, this is our playbook. The thing is, the builders got greedy. They got really greedy with prices. That's why, you know, one of the things is um, they had so much pricing power that they really pushed it on consumers because consumers could pay it, right? So um, that also means that, you know, just like the existing home sales market, nobody cares about the stability of housing. Everyone wants to make the most money in the shortest amount of time, right? So you have two sets of sellers that are just pushing it. Um, And the builders pushed it. And when rates go up, boy, the the market turned on them, right? As it should, you know, the whole summer of 2020, we talked about, you know, 1.94. Once that can break, the whole market changes. The whole March 2023 article that the business model of the builders are at risk right now, right? Even though the March new home sales report wasn't bad, it's at risk because higher mortgage rates really impact their buying power. It's a very small market to the existing homes. It's a majority mortgage buyers, So, uh, um, you know, they're just going to work that they're going to work that uh, monthly supply off. That means they're not going to be building. Uh, don't look for growth in this single family starts. Uh, and it's been down double digits year over year. So uh, I, I have more faith in the builders being more efficient than the existing home market where i've always said the existing home seller is stingy and uh sometimes i'll just leave a home there for three or four months and if they don't get it i'll oh, take the home off the market you know or they'll they'll rent their house out or what they they they're just not, they're not as efficient as the builders because they can't be the builders have to sell those those homes uh that's how they make money and uh, they have no shelter requirement when they sell they're not they don't need to buy another house it's like it's like a commodity in a sense. Uh, they just have to sell it, make the money, and move on. And uh, so that, in that sense, they're much more efficient than an existing home seller.
0: Well, and um, what you said, we see that trend of um, renting more and more. But I don't know how that works if if that's your primary home. I mean, I guess you you know you you rent it and then you buy your next home. That that assumes that you don't need the. Proceeds from that home to buy something else, or maybe it's a second home.
2: Yeah, if it's a second home, investor homes, that makes more sense. You know, I, I know some people say, well, if some people can do it. You can use the rental income. Listen, it mortgage qualifying for a mortgage rate. You know, uh, at, at you know where they are now, and then you know the the rental income. You know, some people have enough down payment money to buy that next house uh um some people need to sell that home right so i think there's there's a difference there that a traditional seller sells that home uses that money for a down payment for another property uh are there home sellers that don't need to sell they could rent it out yes uh but in scale terms it's not it's not as big as people think but there are we do see that in some markets where people are no longer listing their homes to sell they they rent it out and again uh if you're an investor or second or something to that nature that 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 makes more sense but uh, uh this i don't think we're gonna see a big movement of primary resident uh homeowners uh being able to rent their property and buy another i mean it, it, if, it, if it is the first world problems those people are doing really well like you know no, no, you don't ever have to worry about them so it shouldn't be a concern to anyone
0: in this savagely unhealthy housing market, you know people are trying to find solutions. Bringing online new inventory seems to be one of the the biggest pain points. Another thing that people are doing is how can we make mortgages affordable with home prices this high and with rates this high? So we saw this week that Rocket is offering like a, a one year um, rate reduction of one percent off. What uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, a rate reduction for the first year um, to really help people out. Because you know the hope is it won't be like this forever, right? So I thought that was creative. The other thing was we had Jamie Diamond talk about a 50 year mortgage. Now, obviously, no one is has that in the in the pipeline, but I know you have really strong feelings about lengthening the mortgage time. But from my perspective, it's a fixed rate cost.
2: Listen, I will go to Congress and protest. Literally, I'll do a congressional testimony against adding amortization to the mortgage. Why?
0: Why? why? Because Because it why? it
2: all all that does is that that create that keeps the problem going. That keeps the home price growth growing, right? If you the best way to fight against inflation is to add more supply. Right? So if you're going to subsidize demand, that you're just you're just feeding the feeding the beast, right? Uh, so going from 30 to 40, 40 to 50, all that does is keep the same problem going. Um, and then the builders will just build what they need to build to make money and then never oversupply a market. And it's the housing dilemma.
0: Well, Logan, I can see those points. That make sense. I think, though, if you're the person who's trying to get into a home because you want to have stability for your family, you want to be in a certain school district, and you want a fixed debt cost instead of rent rents that keep rising, I think that that might ring hollow. Although I understand that overall, that's just going to make the the problem worse.
2: Yes, that's why uh, people have to stand on their principles. And uh, this is something that I've, uh, I, I've taught. I, I am not a fan of easy lending standards. I'm not a fan of subsidizing more. The housing market is so subsidized anyway. And we got caught. We got caught in this situation and we paid the price for it. Right. We didn't have enough products. You know, we have 30 year fixed mortgages. Homeowners are doing great. Listen, that's that's the main thing. The the household balance sheets. So we we made American lending great again. But, you know, to, to go to that next stage, you're opening Pandora's box again. Right. And it's not because, you know, the. The loans in itself would be bad. It would just be an extension of the amortization. But it's still, if we don't want to address the, uh, the housing inflation by building more products, then we deserve what we get, right? In a sense, this is what happens. Rates, we're not even talking about rates like, Rates just above four percent, four to five percent, changed the marketplace. Now that they're, you know, above uh, uh, above six, you see more of the damage. But again, we've had massive, massive home price gains in a very short amount of time, and I don't think adding a forty to fifty year mortgage. Uh, is going to create balance. So, And then this is just me being myself for the last 10 years who has constantly said, you know, we we don't have tight lending in America. We have very liberal lending standards. We lend to the capacity to own now, uh, which means the best cash flow households or the best financial households will be buying homes for the rest of the century. But to go to that level, we also have to realize there's a consequence with that, right? So I always want to keep people mindful of that if you go this go this go this way there's another side to the story and that keeps prices going and that goes to my whole housing dilemma. the whole system is designed to keep prices up right so if you have a system that desires to inflate prices and you get caught and prices go out of hand then what do you do we subsidize even more and not really find other ways to uh, find solutions for it.
0: This reminds me of the conversation we had after uh, Biden got into office and was talking about the first time homebuyer's tax credit or, um, you know, just like that subsidy and that you were like, no, 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 this will definitely make things
2: work. No, no. Yeah. I was like, no, we're not. We don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was a fan of the whole uh, first time homebuyer tax credit in 2010. So, yeah, I'm not going to be a fan of that. And again, it's just, you know, I mean... uh, um, I've got issues with the 100% financing uh, that some of the banks are coming out with um, it's you know, at some point you have to ask, are you, are you, are you feeding the beast more? Or are you trying to put the beast on a diet? So you, you, you've gotta, you gotta hold your ground on, on, on where that is. And I'm just, I'm just staying true to what I've always said that you don't, Easing lending standards or subsidizing demand by you know, facilitating 40-50 just continues the trend, which is the housing dilemma, which is the problem when inventory broke, as it did, which inventory channels have been falling for years. And uh, I cannot with a conscience uh, uh, say I would be okay with that.
0: Well, good. uh, Good on you for being consistent. I I tend to look at the human factor here. I I realize that you are also in saying that it's just long term. It's going to be best for the humans if we don't keep feeding this beast. Very interesting discussion. Uh, Would be remiss not to say that, you know, people can hear you. You're speaking here. You're a featured speaker at the uh, New England Mortgage uh, Bankers Conference. You're going to be at Infuse next week. Is it next week? I think so. Um, and then you're going to be at our housing, Wire annual October 3rd through 5th. You're going to do, you're going to be part of a housing market super session that I'm super excited about and, um, people can find you there. So Logan, thank you so much for, um, joining and, and giving us your insight today.